Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Oh my goodness. What a way to start with you. Okay. Listen, Lisa, every conversation on air, off air with you, my girl is literally one of my favorite conversations fucking ever. I'm so excited. I have a lot of emotions. I actually have to really contain myself for this one because, you know, there's a lot of pride and I'm a very emotional woman. I'm a very sensitive woman, as you clearly know, and taking in your book, radical confidence, like First, there's so many things I want to say about it, but the first thing I want to say is I'm so fucking proud of you. You crushed it. This is truly a playbook to developing true self-confidence. And I say true self-confidence for a great reason. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in the conversation, but you know, it's the kind of confidence that you get to own for the rest of your life because you've earned it. You know, Mm -hmm. I see confidence, self-confidence is, it's really a verb, you know, it's an action, right? And that is literally like this entire book is not only just constantly diving into the actions that are necessary to really develop and fortify and keep your self-confidence. But I also love this so much. I literally felt like my girl was talking to me, literally like, <laughs> it's like your humor, your frequency, your energy, like it's a real intimate behind the scenes look into your incredible story to what has got you to be the incredible fucking woman that you are today that I love so much. So congratulations literally on every level. Oh, thank you. This is one of the moments. This is why I wrote the book so I could be on your show. (laughs) Come on, girl. You know, that's true as well. (laughs) You're always welcome on this show. I mean, but you know, in saying that it's really it's, it's important to say this. And, and there's actually a moment in your book that I really like I connected with and you'll pick it up right now. You know, I just want to say this for the public, like you and I are homies. There's actually a lot of elements in your book, like pieces of your life that I'm already familiar with you and I, you've been on the podcast now. This is three times I've been on your show. I could have cruised, you know, and like just pulled on some things that just really come natural but I went the opposite way. I was like, oh, fucking hell no. Like <laughs> airplane mode, literally like had to decline on some, you know, other social events with other dear friends, because this really means so much to me. You know, yeah. you put your heart into everything that you do. And I know, I know just by knowing you, but then I really know by taking in your book, like you have gone all in full ass. <laughs> like all heart in this. And so it's really important. You know, I really, you know, my goal always with my, my guests is to really, you know, create the most epic, you know, this well, you do this so fucking well, but create an epic environment. That's going to create a really, I'm going to use your word radical conversation so that you are at your highest level in this conversation with me. And I know everybody is going to appreciate that, you know, who takes it in. So in saying all that, that's a big intro. I, I wanted to start with the purgatory of the mundane because that, that literally stuck with me. It's like this mm-hmm. zombie fucking mm-hmm. film, but we're going to put a pin in that because I decided today that actually I want to start somewhere else and we'll find our way back there and everywhere. I actually want to start by asking you in this moment right now, what chapter are you really living from? If, if even in this book, or maybe it's a new chapter in your next book, but I just want to know, like, where is your heart being fully expressed right now? Mm. Um, I think it would definitely have to be the chapter on emotions. Um, so the chapter's called get unpissed, gain emotional sobriety and emotional sobriety to me, um, you, have you ever drunk? I know you're really healthy, so I don't know if you've ever had alcohol before. Have you? I mean, I have, I don't, I don't drink anymore, but wine, I loved wine, but yeah, no more. 
Okay. So at least you've had it. So, you know, when you have like one or two glasses, maybe you had a third one. Oh no, maybe I've slipped in a fourth one and you wake up the next day and you regret the things you've done, the things you said, maybe you got too drunk, maybe you kissed, you know, the bum and um you know uh, on your way out like you're like oh I shouldn't have done that but (laughs) I kind of liken that to emotions because so many times with emotions we get ourselves um whether it's angry frustrated annoyed pissed and the next day very often we regret the things we've said the things we've done how many arguments have you got into with a past partner or a friend or a parent and in the moment you're like yeah and you feel very justified in the things that you said and then the very next day you just regret it and you you wish that you hadn't so that's why it's called an emotional sobriety because it's very similar so the question is how do you not have too many sh- shots of anger or too many shots of your emotion that you get to the point where you're, you know, blurry eyed and you can't think straight. Um, And so that is how do you manage your emotions? How do you, um, it's not about not um, identifying them. It for sure is about identifying them and feeling them, but it's about knowing when they serve you and when they don't. And in moments when you're trying to achieve something, when you're, you know, let's say go for a job interview or trying anything new in life, um, you're going to be met with challenges and you're going to be met in situations where people aren't going to say something that's going to make you feel amazing. And so in those moments, what do you do? If you lose your shit, then trust me, you know, like it may not serve your goal. So how do you prevent yourself in those moments from losing it or saying something that you later regret? So that's something that I have worked on a lot in my life, um, whether it be in relationships where Tom has said something that's upset me, making sure that I don't spill over there. In business, girl, in, as you know, in business, yeah. you can't, if someone disrespects you, you can't just give them the finger or punch them in the face. Not that, you, not that I encourage violence. It's yeah. just my language that I like to use. I like to use fun language like yes. that. But, but it's like, um, how, how do you make sure that you don't get that far when someone is being disrespectful when someone is being rude to you, you know? Um, and so that's something that I'm really, I find very useful in so many different areas. And so that's one thing I'm kind of working on right now um, as I go through um, some struggle that my puppy just passed away. So I'm definitely working on my, how to emotionally regulate myself um, in moments like this where I can show up and I can still, you know, be freaking empowering and I can still work towards my goal and my life and my dreams but still manage my emotions when I have a very heavy heart right now. So that's a chapter I find very useful. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I mean, I remember hearing you say that in one of our talks, but like being emotionally sober and it was really related to like talking with Tom and I, that fucking stuck with me. That is some powerful shit. You know, I mean, you get that down and and really I kind of connect that to something that I talk about often, which is like emotional discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Like having this discipline, but you know, okay, cool. So how do we even, how does that start to develop? Right. So now this is going to segue into, you know, something that you, you did such a great job of not only like putting the concept out there, but really explaining your process of, of embodying a growth mindset and, and then really leaning into it and leveraging it so that you can continue to develop yourself. And in, in having a growth mindset, one of the greatest attributes, growth mindset, emotional intelligence is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Cause that really connects with, you know, having the ability to be emotionally sober or to discipline and regulate yourself emotionally when you need to fucking show up. I love that girl and the funny thing is I think that that has to be one of the most um useful tools because in the past I used to beat myself up over doing things over feeling a certain way over you know regrets and things like that and it's like it only used to be detrimental to my self-esteem to my goals to my journey and when I start to think about well, hang on a minute, instead of judging myself or beating myself up over something that I've done, just be self-aware and go, oh, okay, it's there. Yeah, great. Now what are you going to do about it? And so that self-awareness piece has absolutely been freaking key to my evolution, to knowing um, how I grow to your point of a growth mindset. Because if something goes wrong or if I've done something wrong and it's really like, oh, you know, when you beat yourself, I mean, oh God, I, I know better. I shouldn't. And it's like, I, I can get spot. I can spiral down that I shouldn't have. I could, you know, how could I type mindset? Yeah. But when I'm self-aware, when I go back to, well, hang on a minute, just process. Don't judge yourself. And I use that a lot in in the 
book as well, like with no freaking judgment and no shade, like just own where you are, why you're there. And now with no judgment and no shame, come up with a plan on how to get yourself out. But you can't do that if you're not self-aware. You can't do that if you don't know why you're doing something. And you can't do that if you don't know how to get yourself out of it. And so for me, self-awareness piece has been key. And all of my self-awareness has come in hindsight. And so now it's actually a beautiful thing because every time I do, like I make a mistake or anything and I'm like, oh, don't worry. Remember everything is on hindsight. So again, now I'm, I'm not beating myself up for making the mistake. Yeah. I've used those words to encourage myself now to take a step back and look back because I've seen that I've it's worked before. And yeah. so self-awareness, like, don't worry, just be self-aware of why you do it and then come up with a strategy to mitigate that the next time. And so with that mindset is how I work through problems, how I function, how I get back up and how I become self-aware without judging myself of what I then become aware of. Because you know it when you're doing the self-awareness stuff and you're like, oh yeah, you get triggered by that. Sometimes recognizing a trigger is a hard step. So um, I think the self-awareness key of knowing how to identify those moments and then what to do when you identify those moments um, is, can be life-changing and it takes time. And that's the thing. It's never a one and done. It's never okay. Lisa and Roxy said to be self-aware. So now I'm all good. No, no. It's an evolution of like, you know, being self-aware and being like, I can't believe I did that. Right. And just owning it and not hiding behind it. And um, yeah, it's been key to me and changing my life. It's so important and, and, and it's so visible that it is, it's such an MVP in your life. It has been, and it continues to be because you, you know, you share a lot of your process, you know, online, which is such a gift, right? So you, because it's so helpful for people to really, it's so relatable, right? And so, you know, if there's a mistake, um, if there's, you know, like you said, even at the beginning, like you're processing a lot of emotions and feelings right now. Um, you know, your ability to implement this self-awareness tool and then have it, you know, help with the emotional regulation, et cetera. Um, it's, it's massive. And it's funny that you say, you know, I love that you say it's not a fast thing because (laughs) there's a lot of things out there that like are very glamorous and enticing, like do this and you get that self-awareness is a core part of my teaching. You can't hang it on your wall. You can't put it on your fucking clothes. You can't put it in the (laughs) bank account, but yeah, it affects everything. Right. And one thing I really want to, to, to have you talk about is to even get there, make up your mindset. You have to decide, you have to decide Mm -hmm. on some things. And then those things continue to build and you're deciding on more things. Can you talk about that kind of pivotal moment for you. I know there were many, but when you really were like growth mindset, I'm making up my mind that this is the direction that I'm going to be. Like, I'm not going to be bullying myself. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be beating myself up. I'm going to start to pick myself up to essentially like in my words, like words be on my team. Like, what was that process for you? Like mindset wise, because we can sit here all day and, you know, make it sound fun and easy, but we know in reality that it's, it's actually very difficult. So if there's some things that you can tease out for somebody or people who are going through that right now, I think it would be really valuable and helpful. Yeah, girl, you, you, you know, my story. So for eight years, I stayed at home supporting my husband and I stayed at home thinking that that's what I should do. And, you know, I'm a good Greek wife. And, you know, even though we had big dreams and we were trying to make enough money to make movies, I very much slipped into the role that was expected of me. And I spent eight years there and the entire time going back to the purgatory in my mundane. (laughs) (laughs) You served me the ball there, girl. (laughs) Great pitch, girl. Great pitch. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, So, um, so yeah, so like I was stuck in the purgatory of the mundane for eight years, which means that I didn't hit rock bottom, which means that nothing was so strong that it jolted me awake. And that is what is the most scary because I, the entire time I thought I couldn't ask for more because I had a wonderful life. I had a husband that loved me. I had a roof over my head and I had, you know, food to eat. And so the part of um, the discussion talk about gratitude is I, I get it. Gratitude is very powerful. And I think that we can all slip into victimhood of why me, why did this happen? I can't believe it. 
And gratitude helps pull you out of that. So the gratitude power is amazing. The problem is sometimes it keeps you stuck. And that's exactly what happened in my life. I felt like I was so grateful for having a husband that loved me and grateful for the roof over my head that I couldn't ask for more, that I couldn't shine a spotlight in these other areas of my life and say, hang on, I'm not happy. And I didn't have the growth mindset that allowed me to say, you can make a change. This is on you, Lisa. Your life is your life and the decisions you make will absolutely dictate the life you have. I didn't have that mindset back then. And so for eight years, I just kept waiting. I kept waiting for something to happen, for my husband to get home every night and make my life different. To have, I was waiting for have kids because I thought I should have kids, but I was too young. So I was just waiting for that. And it was the waiting, the eight years of being in the purgatory of the mundane, um, using the words like I should, I can't. Um, when the quest started and I started to see what a growth mindset meant, it didn't mean that I had false belief in myself. It didn't mean that I could do anything. I said, you know, oh, everything's easy now. No, no, no. It just means, you know, that thing you want, it's actually possible. That's it. That's what the growth mindset means. It's possible. Now, are you willing to do the work, Lisa? Are you willing to step up to the plate? Right. All of that comes with it. Yeah. So the mindset piece is just to allow you to say, no, 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 you can do it, but it doesn't get you there. And yeah. that's where it's like the two things have to come in together. They have to join together in being the beast that then gets your life to change. Um, but the growth mindset, I think people either A, think it's an easy thing to do, where it's like, oh, if I just believe I can, then I can. Great. You know, yeah. it's not that easy. You actually have to work towards it. And then sometimes it is hard to break the belief that you can do something when you've been told your entire life that you can't. And that is what radical confidence is. It's about believing that it's possible, even if you're scared, even if you're absolutely inadequate, even if you don't have the skill set yet. Yeah. Radical confidence allows you to take the tools that you need in order to move forward. And that is what is so freaking beautiful. It's not about having blind belief that you can magically do anything that you set your mind to, but it's about believing that, hey, see, if you want to be the best pianist in the world, you know what, homie, you can be. Now, what will it take? That's a whole other point, you know, <laughs> a whole other question. But you can if you're yeah. willing. Yeah, no, it's so epic. It's so true. It's really saying I'm possible, right? And then you are so fucking good at, you know, I always call you like the most fucking epic strategist. Um, <laughs> it's so true though. And it's like so evident in your book. It's so good. Actually, you know what I love? I love, love, love how through every chapter I'm witnessing your strategy skills actually fucking up level mm. because I know you're a badass here, but then just going through your journey, it's like, Oh, look at that. Look at that. You're just constantly increasing your ability to be a true strategist. There's an important piece here. So important. And I really am excited to hear you riff on this, but you know, I often say like, if you're not going to be honest with yourself, like don't even bother you, you, you're, you get nowhere. You make no, pro you're definitely not developing true self-confidence, self-confidence. If you're not honest with yourself, that's the first step. Right. And you have a really cool question. No bullshit. What's it going to take? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about that? Because yeah. That's such a fucking powerful question. All right. So let's just go off what we were just talking about. Roxy, you want to be the best pianist in the world. You're, um, I'm not sure how open you are about your age, but you're middle of the road. There we go. Boom. Yeah. Amazing. I fucking love that shit. All right. And you still can be, but girl, no bullshit. What would it actually take for you to be the best pianist? All right. Let's start researching all the best pianists in the world. How many hours they put in? Okay. Let's say that the minimum they start is 20,000 hours. Okay, great. Roxy, you need start with a thousand hours, but Lisa, um, I train. Okay. Well, it means you can have to stop training. So you've got 10 years, um, to at least get to the point where you're going to be able to compete with the middle grade. All right. Amazing. But Roxy, how many hours do you spend training? Oh, sorry. You don't have any time training now. Cause you've only got 10 years. You've got to squeeze in all these hours. Um, you know, you actually like to travel Roxy. Well, you're not going to be able to do that because the no bullshit what would it take game says that you need 20,000 hours. And so to make up those 20,000 hours, you have to cut out things in your life. You have to stop being friends with all the friends that you have. You're only allowed to maybe go out once a week for one hour. And now that's how you become the world's 
um, best pianist. And now the question is, Roxy, do you still want to become the world's best pianist? And now you can decide. And the reason why you play this game is you just decide, are you willing to do what it's going to take? Like the no bullshit, actually willing to do what it takes. And if the answer is no, that is amazing. Because now in five years, in 10 years, you don't ever have to look back and say, I can't believe I'm not the best pianist. You look back and say, I chose not to do what it takes because it's not the life I want. And when I say it is the most freeing thing that people can do in their lives, because the amount that we beat ourselves up over the things we didn't accomplish. And the whole point of this is to stare nakedly at what it actually will take. Because people say, for instance, Roxy, I want to have um, a relationship like yours and Tom's. All right. If that's the case, you have to, let's say, work together. But in order for you to work together, that means you don't interact as husband and wife five days out of the week. Are you willing to do that? A lot of people may say no. Okay, well, then you're not going to have the same relationship that Tom and I have because we work five days out of the week as business partners. And we spend, you know, 30 minutes, if not maybe 10 minutes at the end of every evening, just kissing each other goodnight. And that's it. That's the life we've decided. That's how we have the relationship we have. So if you, right, you see to like um, peel back the onion of the life that you think you want and then actually address what it will take to get there and then say, now is that actually something I want? Because the most heartbreaking thing is to honestly be on your deathbed and wish you had a different life. Oh, and yeah. that, God, that freaking scares me to death. Literally. And the, that's why I wrote the chapter because it's like, if I can help people process those moments where they can actually free themselves over thinking that they want something in life and then realizing they don't or the opposite and realizing oh my god I can actually do this and now it's not a fleeting thought in the air of saying I want to be a pianist it's actually I've got a freaking game plan I know exactly how many hours I'm going to be putting in I know exactly how much I'm going to be training I know when my exams are I know when I'm going to have classes like now I actually don't feel like my dream is fleeting I actually feel like my dream is tangible it goes both ways so true. It's so true. It's so fucking liberating. And it's so, it's so supportive to actually get in the game and accomplish a thing. And I know that you've made, you know, really massive decisions in your life using that question, such as like deciding not to be a mother. And I know you speak about that all the time, but I think it's so beautiful and powerful the way you really walk it, you know, walk us through the reader through in the book, because it also just really shows, you know, the truth in, and the efficacy of that question, like you actually using it to make fucking real big life decisions as such, you know? Yeah. And here's a question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say about the hard question. And that really ties into it. That chapters, you know, open the can of worms and embrace the ick is that so many of us, and for me, the same girl, like I've been there that I didn't want to ask the hard questions. Like, am I happy in my life? Do I want to be a housewife? Do I like supporting my husband? You know, and so many of us have these hard questions that we just refuse to even ask. Because the truth is, when you open the can of worms and you have to embrace the answer, and what if the answer has a lot of ick involved? Now it's like, well, I don't want to look after my husband anymore. I don't want to be a housewife. So now I actually have to tell him. And what if he turns around to me and he says, but that was the wife, that was the person you said you were committing to. And I don't want to marry a female entrepreneur right now. What if that actually was the truth? And that was my husband's response. Now there's a whole lot of things that I have, we have to talk through about what life looks like. Do we now get divorced? Do I give up my entrepreneurship? But there's so many questions that yeah. come from asking one hard question that so many of us are like, ah, fuck it. And we just sweep it under the rug and don't ask the question because it's just too hard. And so the whole point is I didn't ask the question for eight years. And that's why it's everything in the book, each chapter. It's like, this is the freaking hard stuff, guys. But it's life-changing if you let it. And that was one of them. Honestly, every chapter can be its own fucking podcast. Legit, like straight up. And you know what I love so much too is that you know this better than anybody because you bring on the greatest on your show, you know, and there is, well, well, your story. So like even the purgatory of the mundane, yes, that's your unique version of it. But we know Lisa, that there's so many fucking people living that I just felt like the zombie kind of like comfort, but not really comfortable. It's actually uncomfortable, you know, maybe in the initial, uh, but it gets really uncomfortable, but there's so many people walking around feeling that. And, you know, what I can say is this, well, this is your unique story. There is a through line 
in people who achieve greatness in terms of certain qualities, you know, in character and behaviors. And I feel like you did such a great job of implementing these qualities and these behaviors in each of these chapters, which is why, again, I think that each of these chapters legit can be, you know, its own podcast. But one thing that I I really, I'm so excited to listen to you really tear into, I want to go into mission versus goal, because this Mm -hmm. is fucking huge. Goal, goal, goal. I'm a goal digger all day, but I'm also a woman of vision and mission. And I love that segment where you talk about that. I'd love for you to tear into that right now. Yeah. Um, a mission is so important and it's become really, you know me, I'm not woo woo at all. And so like, there's that thing where it's like, I don't, it feels woo woo to even say the word mission, but the truth is, and when I say woo woo, it's more like, it's, it's not kind of tangible, right? You can't hold it. Yeah. And so you're working towards a feeling and it's hard for me to explain until I went through it. And for me, it's when you're struggling, when you have a goal, when you want to do something in life, <clears throat> we all face hurdles. We all fall on the floor. A lot of us will fall on the floor multiple times, um, you know, because we just fail. And when you're trying something new, you, you will inevitably fail. Talking about emotions early, you're going to find moments that are very freaking difficult. And so the question is, why the hell are we putting ourselves through this torture when we could just stop, right? It's like, it really is. <laughs> sometimes it's freaking hard. And it's because you believe in something greater than yourself. And that doesn't, when I say mission though, I don't even think it has to be world impact. And that's one thing I want to make sure that people hear because sometimes I go on podcasts and people are like, all right, so how to help people create world impact. And I'm like, well, first of all, why do we assume everyone wants to create world impact? To me, my whole message is what life do you want? Like if you literally want, you're like, you know what? I've spent the last 10 years um, studying biochemistry and I freaking hate it. And I just want to eat ice cream and work um, as a nine to five job because my life, it revolves around video content. I just want to watch films. Respect. Like if that's actually the life you want and that's actually the life that's going to make you happy, I'm not freaking here to tell you you need to create world impact. So I want to make sure that the message is very clear that when I talk about mission, it is about what it makes your heart freaking sing. That's what I'm talking about. And so for me, it really was, how do I hold on to that in the moments when I'm to my knees? Because it is the mission that will carry you through. It is that pulling of the heartstrings, the thing that you wait, when you get up in the morning, when all the shit is hit in the fan, when you're worried about finances, when you're having arguments with your business partners, when no one's liking your content, how do you keep going? mission. It is that thing that no matter what holds you back, you're going to find a way through because you believe it so much. And when we started Quest, I had started off with fear of, I just got to save my house, right? Our house was up for collateral. My husband was like, we're going to start this new protein bar company. We had no idea if it was going to work or not. So we had our house up as collateral. And so every day I was fearful about losing my house. And so every day that was my driving force. But let me tell you, working out of fear isn't motivating. It can be crushing. And so every day I had anxiety over, I can't lose my house, I can't lose my house. And then over time that slowly changed. And I started to love what I did. And why did I love what I did? Because my purpose changed. It changed from, you know, not losing my house to quest grown at 50. 57,000%. And we started to get letters about the lives we were actually changing. And there was two moments in my life that I remember, this is my why. This is the thing that in the moments where I'm to my knees, I'm crestfallen, um, business isn't doing well. I will remind myself of this because this will pull me through. And that was, I'll just give you one example. It was a letter from a woman who had been hospitalized for anorexia. And she had said, Thank you for making me be okay with calories again. Thank you for creating a community where I no longer feel shame over food. So major. I mean, that, yeah, no, that grabs your heart. Girl, that grabs your freaking heart. So now when 
I wake up in the morning and I have a problem. I just say to myself, would you rather over, like, let this problem get in your way or do you want to help the anorexic community? Like it becomes that black and white to me. And that's the mission. That's the mission where it's like, I will fight for this every day. But now a goal is freaking tangible. So let's say my mission is to impact people on a global scale. So actually, let me just say the mission so I can, so I think you have to be very succinct in it because there can be no confusion. Right. So for me, it is to create content to empower 14 year old girls to believe in themselves so they don't have to unwire the negative mindset that I had as a little girl. All right. That's my mission. It is my stated mission. I know what I just said to create content. So I know what I'm doing. So I have a, you know, a North star, my why. So they don't have to unwire the emotion that I did, the who, the 14 year old girl. So I've now really identified the actual person I'm impacting. And that is my mission. Now, how do I make it tangible? I have to set goals. All right, Lisa. So you said you want to create content that impacts 14 year old girls. So by the end of this year, you have to make, if my goal is that I have to make four videos over an hour long that is angled towards 14-year-old girls, and it must have a viewership of 10,000 views, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a goal. Right. That's what I'm going to set in a year. That is very tangible. I either got it or I didn't. And now I've set my goal for the year. Every month I set my small goals. All right, Lisa, so if you just said you have to do four videos in a year, that means you have to do one every quarter. All right, so great. This quarter, you're going to make one video that impacts 14-year-old girls. And you just said it has to be an hour. So blah, blah, blah. Now, and at the end of the quarter, did I do it? Yes or no? It's binary. Did I hit the views? Yes or no? It's binary. And so that allows me to keep moving forward, to not stay in the place of my heart wants to impact 14-year-old girls. Because on a day, day to day, we can convince ourselves we're doing it. But are we actually, are we actually working towards that? The fucking self-honesty piece. It just keeps you so anchored in your mission, in your process. Something really important to integrate in this moment, because I'm thinking like people listening right now, it's like, cool, you're in your mission. Things are great. Things are not great. Things are not great. Oh shit. Who's this voice? What's this fucking... What's this? Well, you call the inner bitch. What's this inner critic, inner bitch? Like that voice, first of all, everybody has, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be confident as fuck. I am definitely a confident, empowered woman. I still got that voice. But what happens from my perspective is that when we get, re- when we create a really strong relationship with ourselves, where there's love and, you know, you, you're on your team and, and you've actually developed proof of, of certain qualities about yourself that you can stand in and own, we can start to regulate that voice a little bit more. I love what you've done with your voice because you literally, you literally, this is my interpretation. It's like you gave your inner voice, inner bitch, we're just going to call it inner bitch, like boundaries to where like your inner bitch is like your friend. And also, you know, like le- you leverage you know, uh, certain aspects of, of how this inner voice comes at you and, and really made it your friend. So can you tease that out a little bit? Because, because I know that's so important because everybody's facing that. And unfortunately that inner voice is what's either, you know, stopping someone from even moving towards living a life of their dreams or gets them to fucking submit in the process. Well, that is the biggest freaking thing. I love that you nailed that because it's so true. Like if I let the, the inner bitch rule my life, I wouldn't do anything. I literally wouldn't do anything. So I go, okay, and I love language. You even just said like language matters to me. The words we use matter. They yeah. impact you. If you use a swear word, you throw an F-bomb, it triggers someone, right? And it, whether it's good or bad or what, but it gives an emotion. So language matters. So as we're talking about language and um, the inner bitch, it's like, I like to think of it as like, okay, I had, she was my kryptonite. She held me back. It was the, you know, the thing that you don't want because every time you go near it, it melts you. Like it just, uh, you know, holds you back. And so I go, how do I make it my superpower? And I have to use the language of kryptonite and superpower because I don't want to take her seriously because she's crippling. Oh, that bitch is crippling. (laughs) So, (laughs) so to me, it's like, how do you make her not crippling? Make, use language. Okay. 
great. So now I've gone kryptonite and superpower. It was my kryptonite. Everyone tells me, ignore her, quieten her down. You know, you need to be nice. You need to be kind to yourself. You need to be gentle. And I was like, how the fuck can I do it when I can't shut her up? Like, it's like, there's one thing to be nice and kind and there's nothing to actually do it. So how the hell do you do it when you really don't feel like you want to? Um, or sorry, you really can't like shut her up. Like she just keeps coming back. So I was like, okay, <laughs> if I can't shut her out or shut her down, Perspective is everything. So how the hell can I reframe this in my head? Hey, you guys, if you've been following me here for a while or on any of my channels, you know I am always talking about the power of journaling and specifically what it has done for me and continues to do for me in my life. With that said, I am so excited to officially announce that my guided and illustrated self-actualization journal, You Are The Path, is out for sale. I have been working on this for quite some time now with my incredible, talented artist friend, Emerald Paget, and I could not be more excited for you to experience this journal. To make it very clear, this is not your typical kind of stationary item of journal. It's more of a book, and it is so visually stimulating. You Are the Path holds space for you to unravel, unleash, investigate, hypothesize, affirm, inspire, fortify, to essentially create you and all aspects of your life. You can literally stretch out and run free within the vast open pages. So in this journal, you have seven guided and illustrated sections led by five thought-provoking questions and prompts that evoke exploratory thinking. Of course, you're welcome to ignore them, but they are there to anchor you because Talking about journaling for some time now for to so many people, I've learned that journaling can feel daunting to some people. Like you don't know what to do or where to start. So these journal prompts and questions are there to just anchor you in and help you get moving through the pages. Um, each section also has a personal quote for me. And again, the artistry in this journal throughout the journal by my girl, Emerald Paget is absolutely incredible. It is there to evoke your imagination and all your senses and really just take you into deep parts of your mind and your heart. So the final section offers 20 blank pages. So the other sections all have lined pages in them. And this is really special for me because I've never come across a journal that had both. And throughout my journaling practice for almost the entirety of my life, um, you know, I've really needed and wanted both. Uh, so I'm just excited to give you this opportunity to be able to sketch and just let your imagination run free on these blank pages, but also have the beautiful structure and, you know, refinement of, of lines for you to just, you know, script out your heart. So again, this journal is absolutely a mystical experience. It's a mystical adventure. I want you to just drop in and to ultimately connect with your highest self, your authentic self, your intuition. And this journal is meant to facilitate that process for you. So to shop this journal, go to blackbeltbeauty.com. It's right there at the top menu. You'll also be able to see some visuals of the journal. And I just, I know you're going to love it. So let me know what you think and enjoy the path that is you. And then I just started to realize my husband, my friend, you, Roxy, if I was to come to you, girl, and I was like, all right, I've got this book and I really, really want your feedback. Roxy, I need your honest opinion. I want the good, the bad, the ugly. Would you give it to me? Would I give it to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So actually, let's do this in real time. Tell me one thing that I could have done better with the book. One thing that you could have done better. Truth to me is, is ultimate respect. Um, there's a lot of fun, like analogies, metaphors. Yes. Uh, where you're comparing, which at times yes. is really funny. And like some of them are more fucking potent and perfect, but then there are a lot of them too, where sometimes then you didn't need it. The thing is, is Zoe, like you're so that's no, 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 don't, no, 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 don't, don't no. back off girl. This is making my point, which I love. Yeah. So. Okay. No, for sure. Yeah. I'm not being, I'm not being nice. I, I love you. And so I'm being, I'm being real. <laughs> okay. But well, so maybe that is a little bit of like trying to soften where I'm like kind of 
think for you in an explanatory way of like, oh, well, because you are so, you naturally are fun loving and, and humor is a big part of your character, uh, which I love. Um, you know, I feel like that was integrated to keep that spirit as a constant. And the thing is, is that you already, like when you're like, there's so many moments where you're like, homie, let me just, and I'm just even that alone is like fucking Lisa. I love you. (laughs) Well, so, okay. Thank you. I love you too, for being honest with me. And now I really hope this was actually the most amazing demonstration because I want people at home to go to really hear just how we spoke to each other. Would anyone say that you were a bitch? No. Would anyone say that you were cruel? No. Would anyone say that you just gave me constructive feedback? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Now, why can't, let's do that with ourselves. Let's sit back. Let's take that mindset that's telling us the things that we're doing wrong. Put a, your, your arm around her. Give her a big squishy hug. The bitch in your head is who I'm talking about. Give her a cup, cup of coffee, tea, whatever. And ask her, hey, homie, what am I doing wrong? Like actually let her talk to you. And if you can hear the message, just like I heard your message and actually I I completely respect it because that was one thing I actually, as I was writing it, I was like, are there too many analogies? I'm like, fuck it. I like the analogies. So (laughs) it's, but it's actually really good feedback because now the next time I write a book, I can assess, all right, you know, Roxy thought there were too many. doesn't mean I have to do it. It just means you've given me a very great articulate bit of feedback that now I can decide on whether I want to follow through with it or not. And that's the point about the bitch in your head, the negative thought. It's not there to destruct you. It's not there to tear you down. At least I don't now have made it a point of it's actually my best friend. And she's actually telling me the things that I'm doing wrong. She's actually telling me where I can get better. She's actually pointing out my weak spots so that let's say I'm in front of the camera. She's already warned me of all the things I'm about to do wrong. And because I listened and because I let her tell me all the things, I paid attention. And sometimes Sometimes she was right. And the things she was right on, I started to practice and I got better at. And so now she doesn't have any mean words to say to me because I've practiced so much. So that's how you take them. And I was just specifically talking about getting in front of the camera because I was so worried about getting in front of the camera. Yeah. But I listened to her and she told me when I was fidgeting, she told me where I was mumbling. She told me where I was terrible at. And so I was like, great, thank you for telling me. Let me go get prepared now. Let me stop twitching. Let me stop fiddling with my hair, you know? And so it just helped. I mean, you're speaking to my heart because you know that I'm always talking about being your own best friend, being your own writer. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's how I take this. Like, you saying she's my best friend and I'm hearing I'm my best friend because she mm-hmm. is a part of mm-hmm. me. Right. And so you, you, you know, it's, it, it, and you said it, Lisa, you know, this as a through line in self-development, like one of the most powerful things that you could do is the reframe for me, challenge opportunity, opportunity, literally fucking brainwash myself opportunity. Yes. Opportunity. Yes. No yes. <laughs> right. But it's in the repetition makes a big difference too. And like actually being able to, to, to keep that as an ongoing part of your process. There's a couple of things. Now my brain is fucking firing from where we just were. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm like, um, no, well, you know, um, cause there was, so, that was so, so powerful. And two areas that I, I want to dive into. Number one, I thought it was so dope writing out your process in in, in starting women of impact, like for those who don't know much of your backstory, um, maybe they know like the pieces of like deciding not to be a mother and like, you know, gut issues and things of that, but like, they may not know. And especially they see you, you are a very confident, very empowered woman. And when you, when you read, you know, actually you were like me camera, (laughs) wait, what? And like, where's my friend? Like, wait, (laughs) like that shit is, it's so, that is so empowering because again, it really shows the authenticity in your entire fucking process. Mm -hmm. Now connecting something that, you know, you, you, you mentioned in, in asking me that question, the constructive criticism part, and then you deciding the pink leggings, yeah. <laughs> That's important. That's really important to tease out here because I loved your whole fucking processing of that. I think it's really important because 
Well, let me just invite you into this moment. Can you talk about the pink legging moment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my pink, my pink leg warmers. My, I'm a '90s checker. I like '90s. I my favorite color too. I know. <laughs> so yeah, the the funny thing is that, that was like me getting in front of the camera. Is about thinking about criticism, reading the comments. And one day I saw a comment where one one woman was basically like, "Lisa, I love your show, but oh my god, I can't handle your pink leg warmers and your pink set." Um, so I can't, I can't watch your content anymore. And so I've had to switch off. And in that moment, girl, it was one of those moments that I paused for a second. Cause I was like, oh shit. Like, I don't want to turn someone off, right? That goes against my goal. I literally just said like my goal and my mission is to create impact. So if impacting people is my mission, then technically my leg warmers are actually putting them off what I'm trying to work towards. So my instinct is like, oh, don't wear them again. And girl, in those moments, I realized these are the little things that make up who we are. These are the moments where we say to ourselves, you know, where do I get my validation from? Where do I get my worth from? Where do I get the pats on the back from? And how did I get here? And it's little decisions we make. It's little decisions like someone writing in the comments, I don't like this, and you deciding, well, if they don't like it, I, shan't, I shouldn't wear them. Now, in that moment, I kind of thought to myself, after that, I was like, well, that doesn't serve me. Like just not wearing them because someone doesn't like them isn't me being authentic. Um, and then also me just saying, well, screw you. I'm going to wear them as much as I like also doesn't serve me because the whole point is I do care about what my audience thinks. So this is where the, one of those moments where I think so many of us find ourselves where we're people pleasers. We want to make everyone happy around us and we want to be liked. The key is though, how do you serve your people that you really want to serve and yet how do you make sure they don't dictate how you show up and that was one of those moments and I had to process and I said okay I'm not wearing the leg warmers because I want to make her happy because it leads to my goal which is her watching my content which is me impacting her but if I'm not showing up to be authentic what's the lesson there and now it becomes one little move in one direction that over time, that one little step in the wrong direction, I turn around and a year, in two years, all of a sudden, I'm doing things that other people want me to do. And I'm now no longer in tune with who I am, what I want to be and who I want to be and how I want to show up. So in that moment, I, pr- I literally, because I was like, these are those special moments I need to give time and attention to. And so I sat there and I processed it and I did this whole internal work. And I then wrote an, a letter, I replied to her. And I was like, thank you so much for this feedback. Like, it's really important to me that I hear from you. And yet it's also important that I show up to be the person that I want to encourage other people to be, which is authentic. And how could I be show up for you guys to be authentic if I listen to your comment and don't ever wear my leg warmers again. So thank you for your feedback. I will be wearing the leg warmers again, but I completely respect if you cannot follow me and I can only respect if you choose to unsubscribe. May, you know, wish you the best and, you know, be well. And so I just wrote that and I, I it was the most beautiful, humble, like kind of relaxing message I wrote someone because then afterwards I had zero conflict. And other people saw how I replied. And so that also gave another kind of um, echo to other people to be like, okay, yes, we should show up to be authentic. You know, because like I, I cannot be that person that's telling other people to show up being authentic. And here I am freaking steering by views and likes and feedback. It just doesn't quite, you know, um, it doesn't align. So no, it doesn't. And it's so powerful. And I want to ask you because. So many people, listen, I always say this, like I credit my self-confidence 40% to the challenges that I faced and conquered and that I'm currently facing and will further be facing. I give 60%. So I give more (laughs) to the fact that I've always been loyal, very intentional about the word, loyal to my most authentic self, no matter what it's fucking meant and forever will be. But it's that those moments and, and I, I, my question is like, how did you know, how did you know that that was a moment? You know, it's, it's because some people might not be so aware, um, you know, to, to really capture, like, and you said it perfectly. It's very insidious. Like all of a sudden you're going to turn around you make that one little, oh, oh, okay, let me. And then all of a sudden you're not, who the fuck am I? Like, what, how did I even get here? 
Mm-hmm. That is so huge. So can you, is there anything that you can kind of capture? I know, you know, it's, it's in, you know, behind you, but like, how did you know that that was a moment? Was there something in your heart, like go this way, go that way? Like, what was it? It's interesting. Cause it's not behind me. I think it's something that I, I sh- not even struggle with, but I do actually assess every day because it that it can be a stranger in the comments. It can be a parent. Sure. It can be a partner. It can be your friend, right? Where they say one little thing. So like, for instance, Tom, my husband, he can say one little thing like, Oh my God, I hate that top. Right. And before you know it, one of my favorite tops I'm never wearing again because he hates it. And so I just make it a point to make sure well, hang on a minute. Why am I doing it? And that's the thing. Like, am I always aligned with my why I'm doing this because of this? So let's say it's a a shirt that I think I look really freaking hot in. And Tom turns around. He's like, I don't really like that shirt. I just ask myself why I would or wouldn't wear it. Cause some days I'm like, I want to look so freaking hot for him that he can't bear to sit one moment without ripping my clothes off. Right. And so it's like, all right, now I have my why you better believe I'm not wearing that shirt. He hates. Right. So But you put on, right? So I'm like, no, you're white. But sometimes if that's the shirt that he hates, but it makes me feel freaking badass. And in that moment, I want to feel freaking badass. I'm going to go and pull that shirt out that my husband hates because I know why I'm wearing it. So knowing your why of why you're doing it, I think is a really great um, indicator and barometer to know if you're, if it's going to steer you in the wrong direction or not. Yeah. Um, And then also I think of, the way that I handle things, I kind of look at my life in stages and it's like, what am I battling with right now? What's the thing that's holding me back right now? And that becomes the, um, you know, uh, what is it? Reticular activating system. So it's like um, you, when your mind says, so for instance, all of a sudden I now want to buy a car and I'm like I'm really in the market to buy you know a blue Honda I can't remember I think it was Mel Robbins that used the blue Honda example right and now all of a sudden everywhere I go all I'm seeing is bloody blue Hondas right it's like the reticular activating system in your brain is now looking out for it so what I do I do that with my mind and I go what is the problem that I'm facing right now and now activate my reticular activating system because when it happens every time now how do I get progressively better so in that moment back then I was really dealing with how do I show up every day and that was every time something would challenge how I showed up I would assess it and so that became that moment that in because I was working on it it became a moment of importance I then used it because our mind is very powerful we put meaning to things so I purposely put a meaning to that moment that wasn't by accident. So now after that moment, I said, you will forever remember this pink leg in moment, this leg warmer moment, Lisa, because this is the moment that you're going to use as an indicator to not let people steer you in the wrong direction. And so I cultivated that memory, which is how now I'm able to use it as a way to, uh, to explain how I show up, but you've got to freaking cultivate it. So I do that all the time um, with the things that I'm struggling with. So for instance, really right now, the thing that I am noticing, A, is we say sorry a lot as women, even when it's like, I'm so sorry I was blah, blah, blah. So that I notice. And because I've worked on it, I think I've done quite a good job over the last six months. I'm noticing other women doing it. And so now I feel like I'm a facilitator to other women. So when I see women doing it, I will literally pull them aside and be like, hey, I think you're amazing. And you saying sorry right now actually demeans your power and what you're bringing to the table. Because why the hell did you just apologize for me when I bumped into you, right? Or whatever. It's like, it's, it's that sort of thing. So I really do look at what is the thing right now that I'm working on and how do I, in my life, use things to work on and then refine it and then use it as a, um, a, a proof next time it happens. Well, see, so, that, yeah. I mean, again, you're just, that's like powerful strategy, you know, it's just, and it's really creative, you know, to, okay, I'm going to assign pink leg warmers to any situation that kind of triggers me in this way so that I can cue self-awareness, pause mm-hmm. and take a, you know, I always say like bird's eye view where you can get a, a fuller perspective, right. And then assess and then, and then move forward from there. And this is like, you know, it's such, it's, I want to say it's like next level shit, but I don't want to say that because at the same time, like it's so, it's so possible. It's so people don't realize that they actually have more power 
you know, within their control than they do. It's just implementing these small steps that actually build, which again, which is why I, I really see your book as it's a fucking playbook because, you know, here's the other part. We get your, your beautiful, epic, fucking badass story, but it's also a very teachable experience. You know, even like how you recap your chapters. And I even love how like the fucking, I can, I can, I can. I mean, it's just, there's so much empowerment throughout this whole thing. Um, you know, there's so much, my brain is like, oh. <laughs> my heart you. is all over for you. I'm just so excited and, and so proud. Um, there's something really important that I do want to talk about. The apologizing piece is huge. And I will say this, I, do you remember? So I'm in my forties, right? And in my twenties, when I used to write emails, work emails, I'm a very charismatic person, period. Uh, But it's really cute. I started to really, like, as I was getting older and deeper into the game and the business, I would see, like, a lot of exclamation points, charisma. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. But as I got more refined and into my my craft, my career, just got a little bit more conservative, never taking away from my charisma or my heart, but it just kind of gets a little bit more toned down. Um, And so... In the apology thing, I noticed that on my own quite some time ago because it's just, it's like, don't stop there, keep going, you know? And so just being a very introspective person and thinking about, sorry, but are you, are you sorry? Or are you, is that like, when you say you're sorry, is, are you just apologizing? Cause you think you should, or, you know, um, I think it's such an important moment. It's such an awareness, such an awareness to have that like, why are you actually apologizing right now? Is there validity? Because when I say I'm sorry, you better believe I mean it with all my fucking heart, especially because I don't hand that out. I'm not, oh, sorry, I'm late. Like, oh, sorry, you know, um, you give a lot of excellent reframes to these kind of standard ways of apologizing and just pivoting again from a more empowered perspective. But by the way, let me just tell you, I can't with this. I haven't cut my hair since November and it's God, always it's long. Fucking gorgeous. Thank I've, you. I've thought it like 30 times how gorgeous it is. Really? Thank you. I'll, I'll receive that because it's just, it's so heavy. Ah, well, I'm so proud of you that you just received it though. That's so beautiful. It. I love that you just receive. received that. Receive. <laughs> Hell yeah. Receive. But right. that's, but that's actually a beautiful point of what I was saying earlier is like taking moments where you're like, oh, is this the thing Like you can't receive compliments? Great. For the next month, what I'm going to do is I'm going to receive compliments. Okay. How do I do that? Because we always talk about like, how do like, I get in my own head. It's not, like I don't feel the emotion. It's not that when I, when, when someone gives me a compliment, my outer instinct is to not receive it. To be like, oh no, that old thing. <laughs> right. Or like, oh, but what about you? We do it all the freaking time. So true. And so I go to what are the things I'm struggling with right now? And then for the next month, this is what I'm going to do. So if the thing, because you brought up received, if people cannot receive compliments, maybe that's the thing for the next month and just have a game plan. It just means when someone goes to give you a compliment or says something just like you did, you say, thank you so much. Like that's it. It doesn't have to be anything major, you know, and come up with a game plan that every time you do, this is your response and then count how many times you miss it. Don't beat yourself up if you like, oh fuck, yeah, someone said something and I totally like I did my whole like, oh no, this old thing's like, it's okay. It's okay. Like maybe you did it five times this week and next week maybe you only do it three times. Amazing. Now you're progressively getting better. And that's the point, right? That's the thing of what we're talking about is how do we identify these things and how do we then change it? And it's not all at once. Each of the things I talk about in the chapter, I broke up purposely in different chapters. So it's like, all right, let's address this. And now this chapter becomes a whole skill set in and of itself. And then this chapter now becomes a rinse and repeat because you're going to change. Your goals are going to change. Your life's going to change. People in your life are going to change. And so how you receive something right now may be different than how you're going to receive it in a year, in four years. So it just becomes this refinement of skills, right? It's like, Roxy, you got you got forearms, girl, and biceps like a beast, right? And so you can use those muscles sometimes to lift a person that you're saving from drowning. There's other times that you can lift garbage bags because you're getting rid of the the waste in our homes right sometimes it's you're lifting um you know grocery bags because you're you're thinking about nutrition 
I mean, right. Like, so, so it's a skill that you can use for different things, depending on where you are in your life. That's how I see radical confidence is that each chapter becomes a skill set you can use in different parts of your life. I love that. That is such a fucking mic drop. And, you know, something that I think is so important that you touched on is that, you know, this is a life game. So you can, you likely will revisit, you revisit your own shit. I revisit my own shit. (laughs) I was writing the chapters and I was like, what did I say on page four? (laughs) I need to go back to my own advice, but I don't beat myself up. And that's the thing because I don't try to pretend I'm perfect. And I don't try to be like, well, I wrote a book, so I know my shit. No, no, I wrote the book for me. It's like part of my own survival guide. And I, I like, I say that jokingly, but I really do mean it. It's like, and that, it's so beautiful because once you go, oh, I'm an evolution. I'm a work in progress. Yes. Oh, yeah. Now there's like, you can just take an exhale and go today. I'm better than I was yesterday. I love it. Next time on Black Belt BD Radio. So the awareness piece goes so freaking on point about that. The power of that. I don't want to hate this. And I know myself. And I can become obsessive and I can become so driven by the, by the result that I ignore every other flag that gets in my way. And because I know that about me, I've not done the work so that I don't get there. Oh, that is so fucking powerful. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.